You've destroyed our snowman house of horrors! This means war! In other words... Come on, Ivy. What would Carmen do? She would reel in a gnome. Perceptor, is that you? Why are you scoping out Starscream? He's fascinating. He's dead. I have to take a sample. This demands further analysis. Gee, sounds like a party. Have fun with that. Hello and welcome to Look Over the Podcast. I'm your host, Abdullah, and with me today is... That's your... Abby Trot. <laughs> that's your cue. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Whom you might know from a lot of things. But uh, for those that are unfamiliar with your work, did you, you know, you want to give them a little bit of history on what, what you uh, what you are currently known for or what you're known for in general? Sure. I suppose currently I am most known for voicing Nezuko in the English dub of Demon Slayer. I sing the opening theme to Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, Life Light, and I am Annette in Fire Emblem Three Houses. Maybe those are three that people know. All right, awesome. So, I mean, my first question is the obvious one. I'm pretty sure you get asked a lot, but, you know, we got to get it out of the way first. But why did you get into voiceover? Why did I get into voiceover? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I just have always loved cartoons and video games. Um, also, I was a theater major, and I've always been interested in acting. Um, I studied theater and was pursuing theater for a while and just, like, happened to fall into doing some voices for a show that I was in, and it just really solidified my love for doing doing uh, voiceover and playing characters that are so far from myself. And um, that kind of was a defining moment for me where I decided that I wanted to pursue voiceover. And yeah, here I am. And is it crazy, like looking back at all the stuff you've been in and thinking, wow, I actually did that? Uh, yes, every day. <laughs> I'm like, is this real? It blows my mind because I never especially when I decided to pursue voiceover. I was living in Japan at the time, actually. And um, pursuing voiceover kind of meant that I needed to move back to the United States because most voiceover in English is done here. So it was a big decision and a scary decision because it's also one of those things where it's extremely competitive. You know, it's um, very difficult to get into. It requires a ton of work. It It's just an intimidating thought and you can put in all the work you want and you might not even have success. So to have achieved some of the things that I've been able to achieve, I just feel endlessly lucky and uh, yeah, it blows my mind. Now, because it's weird because like even people who, who, don't, who aren't familiar with your work know that you're the person who does the, the main theme to Smash. So, which I think is kind of, <laughs> kind of hilarious. Cause it's like, you know, I, I, yeah, because I know like not everyone's going to be familiar with like everything you do, but like the moment you, you, uh, you type in your name in Google, it says like Abby Trot smash, which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that is one thing that I never ever thought I would be doing in my life. Um, I, I did, um, I did a lot of singing stuff when I was in Japan. I was doing some children's musicals and, and whatnot, but I never thought that I would be singing the theme song, especially to a Nintendo game. As a huge fan of Nintendo, I just, yeah, I, I cried when I, when I found out that I would be doing it, and I still I can't believe it happened. Do you still get requests from people saying, can you do the thing? And you're like, no, because I get fired. <laughs> uh, yeah, all the time. I actually like, yeah, people ask me to sing it and I'm like, well, no, I can't without approval from Nintendo. So, but um, funnily enough, uh, was it last? No, it was not last year because last year was the apocalypse. Uh, in 2019, I was invited to um, Cutter to the film festival, the Agile Film Festival there. And um, it was because they knew me from the Smash theme. And I ended up just doing an interview um, on stage and not singing because, like I said, it's 
you need permission from Nintendo to do that. <laughs> and also, like, I didn't know if I would be able to practice with the orchestra beforehand. So, but I ended up doing an interview there, and it was it was it was so surreal to think that people so far away, like yourself, know who I am. I just, yeah, I have a hard time wrapping my brain around it, as it were. No, but I mean, that's the beauty of the internet, because like years ago, you you didn't really think about who was doing whose voice, but now it's because, you know, everything's online and, and you know, that information is readily available. And it's, and it's just a lot of fun looking through people's IMDb pages and thinking, wow, they did <laughs> that voice and I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, so I, I actually wanted to ask you, being from... Um, uh, Oh my gosh, I'm blanking. Where are you from? Uh, Kuwait. <laughs> That's right, Kuwait. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. So being from Kuwait, you how how are you interested in um, English voice artists, and uh, what's your fascination with with interviewing voice actors? Well, I mean, it's it's weird because I grew up, you know, a long time ago, we had these things called televisions, and believe it or not, people would sit in front of them and all day and watch them for hours on end. I know it's crazy, but um, I grew up, I mean, because... I mean, long story short, there was after the after the Gulf War, there was this huge influx of American television that was brought over from, you know, the States. And it wasn't dubbed. It wasn't like subtitled. It was like raw, you know, raw English. And that's how I learned how to speak English by, you know, just like mm -hmm. um, listening to uh, various voices on um, on cartoons and TV shows. And I had just really? and, and I had just assumed like people who spoke English, like, just spoke English, American English. Like, and it wasn't until, like, years later did I learn, like, dialects were a thing. <laughs> mm. That's crazy. Wow. I can't believe that's amazing. I mean, it's... So are you... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I mean, it's it's not the same for everyone. Like, I understand, like, you know, everyone learns English differently, but that's how I learned it. Like, how I... Well, I was introduced to it. I, you know, obviously went to an English speaking school and that's how I taught learned how to read and write English but like my first introduction to the English language was through cartoons and and television. Oh, very cool. The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> I had to ask, I'm sorry. No, 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 it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. I love telling the telling that story for the billionth time. I never get tired of it. Cuz me for Blanking on uh, Kuwait there. I, d I literally just looked it up on the map. I was like, how close is Kuwait to Qatar? It's very close, right? Like, I was just over there. But, uh, yeah, that's it's interesting that uh, American television kind of finds its way around the world. And it was, and it was crazy because, like, we got, like, early Cartoon Network. And, and if you're familiar with, like, early Cartoon Network, it, it only aired, like, Hanna-Barbera cartoons. So yes. I, I was... <laughs> exposed to the early Hanna-Barbera stuff so you know I'm, I'm kind of ashamed that I am a man I'm like 30 years old now but I kind of know all the old Hanna-Barbera cartoons because I'm like yeah I grew up watching those didn't everybody Classic. everyone <laughs> should know them so why don't you sound like Yogi Bear then <laughs> hey boo boo <laughs> why are we so lame Yogi <laughs> No, but um, Classic. I mean it's 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 very fascinating, and it wasn't like until years later did I learn like it was dialects were a thing, and it wasn't until years later when I was a teenager did I learn holy shit, a person is actually doing all the voices on the cartoons. People get mm. paid to do that. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah, it's one of those jobs that I feel guilty doing because I'm like, oh, I'm I'm having a blast. Are you sure you want to pay me money? Because because I want to do this anyway, regardless. But yeah, as a kid, like watching watching cartoons, I would get so excited when I could recognize voice actors voices, but I didn't know a lot of voice actors names at the time. But I knew that like certain voice actors were the same voice actor who does this character because I could hear it in their voice. And that was like a game for me was picking out those characters and saying who the similar characters were. And now I know the voice actors names because... I'm surrounded by them. But, I mean, after a while, it kind of got tiring for me because I, I got really good at recognizing people that when I don't recognize someone, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, that's the beauty of it is like I love actors who are very who have like a lot of range and you don't recognize them because I mean, because because you have like a lot of range because I would not have thought that the that uh, Ivy from Carmen Sandiego was the same person who does Becky on Casa Grande's like that's (laughs) a completely different voice it's like it doesn't even sound like her i was like what (laughs) i can't be right (laughs) that's the fun of it yeah i i love when actors can like when actors i know blend so well that i don't recognize them i love that it blows my mind it's exciting yeah i know it's like to this day like when i see like um someone i i recognize in the credits of a of a thing i'm like wait that was them and I didn't notice. Oh, yeah. oh you sly dog. <laughs> Fooled you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. And and I mean, do, when you get surrounded by, you know, all these extraordinary people, do you, do you feel like pressure? Like saying, you know, thinking, oh, man, I got to live up to, to, to that, to that person. Or I'm working with this person and I, and I hope my performance, um, you know, is up to quality. Or is that? Yes. <laughs> I I I have the biggest sense of imposter syndrome every day of my life. I'm just like, oh man, how did this happen? How did I get here? How did, are you sure you want me to be doing this? Um, but like one of the biggest moments for me with regards to that was, um, well, actually I have two. The first being when I worked with Tom Kenny on a Cartoon Network short. I did not know he was going to be there. And I walked in that day and I saw Tom Kenny and then I found out that Tom Kenny was going to be working on the same thing I was working on and we we're going to be in the room together. And I was just like, I was so excited, but at the same time I was like nervous and I was trying so hard to just be cool and not like geek out completely because I'm a huge fan of Tom Kenny and not just because of SpongeBob, but from his, you know, his comedy stuff and um his sketch comedy chops and and like I was just trying so hard to be cool and I think in doing so like I was maybe like too reserved like I wasn't even myself and so we did we did the uh the short I made him laugh at one point and I like almost died and then after we were done I was just like can I get a picture with you and like I lost it and uh yeah he was so nice that he he let me take a picture with him and yeah, it was a great day, <laughs> but also I felt like a huge dork. Um, and then the second time that I was, re- I mean, I've been starstruck all over the place, but the the moments where like I have a hard time, you know, even keeping my cool was when I was recording Animaniacs. Oh man, I was in the room with the original cast and I just couldn't believe that I was there. And I still can't believe that I was there. And it's it's like a surreal dream when I think about that happening. And man, Jess Harnell was so nice to me. I think maybe he knew I was a little nervous, but I was also just like beaming. Like I could not stop smiling because I was so happy to be in that room. And just to like hear the original cast doing those voices was, man, I cried for that one too. <laughs> I cried when I found out I was going to be on Animaniacs. Man, it was a good day. I mean, and I watched that, and I didn't, and I didn't even notice like that was you doing the Laura Dern part. I was like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yep, twas I. No, and 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 you know, speaking of that cast, like, I mean, I watched that, and you know, I was kind of worried about the reboot because I'm like, ah, oh, you know, can they still do it? Can they mm-hmm. still like, you know, come back and do these characters twenty plus years later? But my God, like listening to the original, like listening to the to the original cast again. Oh, my God. It takes me back. Like Rob Paulson has not missed a beat as Yakko. Like, holy shit. (laughs) He has not missed a single a single beat. And that's just, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, he's amazing. The sweetest person ever. Um, Tress McNeil is a legend. And I just, yeah, to to be able to see just see them work was an extreme honor. I can't even tell you. <laughs> and and that must have been a pain in the ass trying to keep it secret, like because you're like oh, I can't talk about it, can't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it it was. I was so excited to talk about it, but at the same time, I was afraid to because it felt I don't even know. Like it felt so 
surreal that I was like, did it even really happen? And when it came out, like the trailer came out, um, I was I got permission from my agent just to make sure that I could say that I was uh, Dr. Sattler in that trailer. And I, I posted on Twitter that I voiced Dr. Sattler and the other actors in that short, like, didn't post about it or like I didn't see them credited anywhere. So for a while, it was just like the cast of Animaniacs reboot was like the original cast plus me. And I was like, no, there are other actors like it's not just me. And it, it just felt weird. Um, like I said, like I have a, a huge imposter syndrome and I felt like I was afraid of like taking credit where credit wasn't due, even though I'm part of the cast. It was just like, yeah, I don't know. I wanted to hide under a blanket for a while just because it was like overwhelming to think about. Especially it's embarrassing because like you're only the only, you're the only one promoting it. And it's like, am I supposed to be promoting this? Did I break well, I NDA? That I was like, is this, should I be doing this? Am I, am I just being obnoxious now? Is what? But no, I like my agent got permission. So like, I knew that it was okay technically, but yeah, I don't know. I'm it's at... always weird. It's always weird with that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's like, you know, are you allowed to talk about it? Are you not allowed to talk about it? You know, it's just... Yeah, I just assume that I'm not most of the time, and uh, so I don't. <laughs> you can't say, hey, I'm an Animaniacs, but I can't tell you which character. Even then, you would have gotten, like, yelled at. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a big no-no. No, no, don't do that. I mean, unless you're, like, really big on the totem pole, then I can think you can get away with that. But, you know, if you're, like... You know, you know, if you're like, uh... yeah, I'm small potatoes. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to get away with any of that. I mean, uh, if you're like someone like Gray Delisle or, you know, Tara Strong, they can get away with too much anything. But like, yeah, this, uh, yeah small <laughs> potatoes. Nah, you're not you're not getting away with anything. I'm not trying to make anyone mad. <laughs> But I mean, it's it, it, it must be crazy because it's like, you know, you grow up with something, you know, at like Animaniacs and for years you never thought that they would bring it back, let alone you would be part of it, even if it's like a small like cameo, you know, oh, yeah. it's like, yes, that, that was one of the that's why it blew my mind so much is like it was just an opportunity that I never thought would present itself like just the audition alone. Never in my life did I think I would be auditioning for Animaniacs and um like, it was the same kind of situation for Smash Brothers. Like, I never thought that I would even have that opportunity, let alone book the job. So it's just, that's the kind of exciting excitement that it comes with voiceover is, like, you never know what projects are going to come next. And even auditioning for some things, like, it's just thrilling to be able to audition. And, like, a lot of voice actors will say that auditioning is our job, which is true. So if... um if you don't like auditioning, maybe don't get into a voiceover, but it's that's the fun part is like just being able to do so many different types of auditions and for so many different projects and like knowing what is coming out ahead of time because you've auditioned for it and like then seeing who gets cast and, you know, hearing your friends announcements is it's all just it's a fun ride. And that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of the internet. It's like, okay, you can, yeah, I know like social media has its negatives, but well, like one of the positives for me is just seeing people, you know, voice actors promote their work freely without having to, to, to be worried about getting into trouble because of, you know, they broke NDA or stuff like that, or, or it's like, oh, it's too soon. Or if it's like, you know, if it's not, or if it's like, hey, wait until you're properly credited on IMDb before you talk about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone has their own rules. But um, usually, like, if there's a trailer and your voice is in it, you're you're good. But I still will ask just to make sure. <sighs> Even if it's like a second, it's like, yep, that was me. I'm in that. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it you can't deny it i'm in that <laughs> well the other thing is like sometimes trailers come out and like we can't talk about it yet and people will hear and recognize voices in it and then like ask the voice actors like oh is this you are you in this is this you and we can't answer and so it's excruciating to just like be bombarded by by those questions and like not be able to say anything um but also, guys, like, don't bombard voice actors who can't talk about their projects. I'm just saying. <laughs> just going to throw that out there. Uh, yeah, I had um, I had somebody 
do that when I before I could talk about Persona 5 R because I voiced Tai Takemi um, in the remake and uh, I had a lot of people asking if it was me and uh, I think I forget why I think there's maybe people got the game released early and they played a version and recognized me from that but I couldn't I wasn't sure if I could talk about it yet so I couldn't confirm if it was me or not and I just like just had to ignore all the the questions on Twitter and yeah it's true if you want it to be true <laughs> just say that <laughs> No, I mean, there are cases like that where, you know, a character gets leaked and the voice actor wants to talk about it but can't talk about it. I mean, I've had people talk about that before where their character got leaked and, and they're like, oh, can I can I talk about it now? People know it's leaked. But and and, and they're uh, and the people and the developers are like, no, you can't talk yeah, about you it. Have, you have to <laughs> pretend that it was not leaked. <laughs> That's what happens. I mean, I remember like someone um talking about like you know they were in Mortal Kombat 11 and they, they couldn't like talk about their character until like their the trailer for their character dropped and it dropped on release day so it's like mm-hmm. the day it released the day the game released and the day that trailer dropped she was like yes I can finally talk about this <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I I always assume for video games that like I can't talk about it until release even if like there's a trailer just because, like, the NDAs for video games are, like, the most serious NDAs. Like, they are serious about it. They don't want you talking about anything. Oops, sorry, I just whacked my table. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, I don't want to break any any NDAs. And just to play it safe, I usually will not talk about video game projects until release. Unless I see everyone else posting about it, and then I'll do it. Then you'll come in and say, yes, I was in there. Like, yeah, it was me. <laughs> no, I mean, but it's weird. And, and you kind of, it is one of those things where people don't want to believe it's true, but it is true, guys. If if you do break NDA, you're done. You are done. You you will get the boot and you will get fired and you will get replaced and they will not mention your name. You'll, your, your entire work will get scrubbed from the records. That has happened before. So don't do it. Oh, wow. I think it also depends on how you break the NDA, like how it was broken. And if it was just like a, oh, yeah, I'm in this thing. Like, yeah, don't do that. Because then people are not going to want to, they don't want to work with you if you can't keep, can't keep the NDA. But I don't, I don't know anyone personally who has broken NDA. Or maybe people I know have and I just don't know about it. But I can't think of an instance where that's happened and they've been blacklisted. I mean, it has happened, but it's like really small people. Like it's a small percentage of people who have broken NDA that mm. have um, you don't hear about them anymore because, well, no one wants to work with them anymore because they're like, oh, this guy broke NDA. No, we're not. We're not going to hire him because it's like we can't trust him with anything. So mm. yeah, <laughs> don't do it. Just don't do it. Exactly. Um, you know, speaking of of your long line of work, um. You know the recent uh, final season of Carmen Sandiego just wrapped, and man, what a what an amazing ride that must have been. I really liked the finale. I thought it was really, really lovely, and I'm gonna miss the hell out of this show. I really am. Aw, <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that was such a fun show to work on. It was just like you know, it was a job that I booked, and I was so excited about it, but I didn't know that it would be you know anything beyond one season and initially I like I didn't even know that my character would be as prominent as she was like I didn't it I just did, could not compute <laughs> I don't know they, then like once we got into recording um like the producers and and like Dwayne Capizzi was telling me like yeah you're you guys are Carmen's like right hand men like you're her sidekicks and like it kind of sunk in that like yeah you're you are a part of the show like you're a recurring character and it was just a dream come true and like recording was so much fun because it was often group records and um Mikey Mikey Holly <laughs> just made me laugh so hard I haven't laughed so hard since those recordings I feel like he was just he's so funny and um just such a talented cast like amazing voice actors and actors and uh yeah, I'm gonna miss I'm gonna miss recording for Carmen. 
Yeah, it really made me sad because, like, you know, you don't really get a talented cast like this and great writing and great animation. Like, a show like this comes once in a blue moon, and yeah, I'm kind of sad it's over. I wanted more, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think that it was just so well done, and uh, I love the animation style. I think it's so cool. Um so I hope we see, I hope we see more from in that in that vein. It reminds me a lot of those old Aaron Eshorns commercials. Anyone remember those? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. It, it looks like one of those because when I first saw it, I'm like, this looks like this looks familiar, but why can't I place my finger on? Oh, it looks like those old Aaron Eshorns commercials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like I don't know the the color blocking maybe of it. It has a very, also like people it, compare it to a Kim Possible kind of vibe I've seen, but yeah, I don't know. It's gorgeous. <laughs> I just, I just love how every character just has like one gimmick, and they just play that gimmick to to death. And and usually I would hate that, but this show made it charming. I, I'm sorry, it made it like a really charming. <laughs> <laughs> what I think I really like about that is that Carmen has like very grounded characters and very realistic um, sounding characters. And then there's also like just the, the little bit caricature ones like Zack and Ivy and like Chase Stevano is, he's like a very French, very French man. Like it's, it takes it to, to like that cartoony point, but not too far in my opinion. I think it takes it to a fun fun place but if you listen to like characters like the chief and carmen herself like they're very cinematic delivery so that mix to me is is interesting and and super fun now i really love um characters like you know mime bomb who's just basically a mime and it's just amazing because it's like he's just a mime but he's just so good at, at like how well he's animated and how i just love this idea like you know all these all the all the all the vile uh, recruits have gimmicks, like they all have animal gimmicks, and he's like the one guy who says his gimmick is a mime. It yep. makes, makes no sense, but it's amazing. Yeah, he's my favorite. It's so funny. And also, like you said, like the animators just do those sight gags with Mime Bomb, and just the details are so good. I love how in, in the final season they, they teased him, like maybe speaking, but then it turns out he was just lip syncing. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, At okay. First, like, I, I saw that and I was like, wait, is he singing? I can't remember from the script. He's not singing, right? And then it was like, no, it's a recording. <laughs> so, yeah, that yeah. would have been too much for me to handle. My bomb spoke in the last, in the last season. No, but I love the villains because they're, they're like Saturday morning cartoon villains. They all have like outlandish, over-the-top personalities and gimmicks. And I just miss that in cartoons. I'm like, give me more of this, please. Give me like the, you know, give me the mad scientist. Give me the creepy old guys. Give me like the countess who's like so rich and snooty. It's beyond. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just the silhouettes of all those characters. <laughs> Brilliant. Like it says, it says everything you need to know about who they are. Great, and I also love um, the final scene where they where Vile Vile finally gets taken down. Like Coach Brunt pr- pr- puts up a fight, um, uh, Bellum tries to get away with their jetpack but fails. Uh, Cleo mm-hmm. doesn't even put up a fight; she just looks defeated, and she's like, "Yeah, yeah. I'm done." <laughs> she's like, "I'm not running right now." And um, Maelstrom tries to get away through secret passages like a coward, and he just gets caught immediately. <laughs> Yep, it's amazing. It's it's a lot of fun, and I'm gonna miss it. And I, but I think my my favorite Ivy gag was every time they needed a body double, she and Zach would always be the body doubles. I love that gimmick. I, it's amazing. Yeah, super fun. So much fun. Huh. Kind kind of sad it's over, but uh, you know, go check it out if you haven't. It's on Netflix. You know, all good things must come to an <laughs> <Yeah>. end. <laughs> and um. Another show you're on is uh, Demon Slayer, and that's a that must have, that's another big one because I I think a lot of people are like oh you know you're you're on Demon Slayer and I have not watched it but I know it's a it's a huge deal like how would how did um, how did that come about for you? That 
was um, an audition through Bang Zoom Entertainment. That is the studio that basically gave me my start in voiceover. Um, I when I moved back to the States, I entered a contest that was hosted by Bang Zoom and they ended up flying me to LA to do the finale of that contest and I ended up winning and I did my first anime dub with Bang Zoom. And um, I was living in New York at the time taking voiceover lessons and decided to move to LA because of that contest, essentially. Um, It just showed me that there was so much more opportunity for animation and video games out in LA. So that's why I moved out here. Um, And since that time, I've been getting auditions from Bang Zoom, and I've been lucky enough to continue working with them over the years. And uh, so that audition came through Bang Zoom. And I had not seen Demon Slayer yet, but I had seen it all over the internet. Like it was just, it was already extremely popular and kind of becoming a phenomenon. And uh, I was excited because I had thought to myself like oh yeah I gotta watch this at some point and then like the next day I got an audition and I was like oh my gosh I know what this is and um I did the audition um at the time I did it from my closet because COVID had just begun I think was this when COVID hit or no this is when I I just had my um I had my booth in the my closet for auditioning and uh my cats heard me like growling and making horrible noises and they were terrified. (laughs) And uh, I ended up uh, booking it. And again, was, I just couldn't believe, I just couldn't believe it because it's one of those, it's one of those things where it's like you, you hear about something and like, you just don't think that you're going to have that opportunity. And then it happens and it's surreal, but very exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's another character I had not, you know, would not have pegged it for being you. I would have thought I would have been someone else. That couldn't have been the same person, but there you go. (laughs) A lot of growling, a lot of growling. Um, I am pretty feral, so, yeah. Um, It was was interesting because, like, most of the lines are growling and, and that kind of effort. And every once in a while, there is... Nezuko speaks and she has like a very clear clear voice so it's like such a contrast um yeah people make jokes about about me not having to do anything in the show because most of my lines are growling but growling takes a lot of effort you guys it's rough on the vocal cords let me tell you I mean, D. Bradley Baker would disagree with that because he does all the animal voices and yeah that takes a lot out of you <laughs> <laughs> it can you have to be careful with uh how you approach you know creature sounds and just make sure you don't do any uh serious damage make sure you rest up in between stuff but um it's super fun like i love doing i love doing creature voices i learned in this past year because i got to do a handful of weird stuff including bug snacks which is a video game uh that came out a couple months ago with a bunch of weird animals in it so if you like uh, if you like weird stuff, go play Bug Snacks. Oh yeah, I saw people playing that, and it's a weird game. It's a it's it's <laughs> kind of a really cool de- deconstruction of the Pokemon genre if you think about it too hard. <laughs> kind of yeah, it's similar in a lot of ways, but it gets dark. Let me tell you. Let me just tell you right now, it is it's disturbing, but in a fun way. And and it's kind of funny because um, I've had people who've, who've done um, other creatures and uh, on bug snacks and they say it's a lot of fun. It was the most fun they've had in in recording because it was just you know we just go in there and make creature sounds. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so fun to record because they're just like, okay, so uh, this is the bug snack and um, it is a rack of ribs that crawls around like a centipede. Uh, what do you think it sounds like? <laughs> It's just like trying to figure out what what it might sound like is a fun time. Plus, you can't make it sound like an animal. It has to be like, you know, it has to sound like a bug snack. It can't sound like yeah. a, an animal. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's it's a lot of yeah. fun. I just I just love games that are, you know, cutesy on the outside, but are, you know, deep down they're deconstructions of genres. And it's a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Mm. <laughs> I enjoy seeing people's reactions to it because they think it's like a really cute, uh, you know, really cutie uh, kid game. But then when they play it, it's like, like oh, wait, 
what's happening uh do you play a lot of video games or oh i play a lot (laughs) i play a lot (laughs) what's your favorite game or do you have like a favorite genre i play a lot of stuff you know it depends on my mood i'm currently doing like a lot of fighting games right now and you know in between Mm -hmm. apex legends matches and, and a whole bunch of other stuff it's, it's crazy. It's all over the place. I just kind of... I don't like being tethered to one genre. I'm, I'm kind of the guy mm-hmm. who's like, I want to play everything. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Everything. <laughs> Man, I wish I had the time. <laughs> I'm str- struggling. I struggle these days. I started streaming recently and like, I've just done a couple streams, but like, it's so hard to find time to play video games these days. Like as a kid, I played all the time and I'm just like... I miss that just having, you know, an entire day to just play through a game. Yeah. I'm t- I'm debating right now what to play next because I, I finished Bug Snacks and I was going to play, um, what is it, Phoenix? Ugh, I can't remember the title. The uh, Greek Gods one. Uh, Phoenix Rising? Something. Phoenix Rising. I think it's like something something Phoenix Rising. Um, that looked pretty rad. But now I'm kind of leaning towards Ghosts of Tsushima because I saw my roommate playing it and it looks so good. That's a, that's a fun game, but the AI is really kind of. <laughs> there are instances where the AI is kind of <laughs> kind of assholeish. And plus, I wasn't. Oh, really? And plus, I wasn't a fan of the boss fights. Like the the core gameplay is great, but the boss fights are kind of eh, kind of has the hmm. same problem like most modern games have, where. Like, the core gameplay is great, but when you get to the boss fight, like, it's just, it's really crappy, but, you know, it doesn't take away hmm. from the game. It's it's a really good game, but, uh, the Ghost boss fight. Tsushima? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boss it's really... fights? Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, the boss fights are kind of, eh. Like, I kind of wish that they went full-on Bushido Blade with the boss fights, where it's just, like, one-hit kill. It been amazing. <laughs> oh. No. No, they didn't go that route, but, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a great game, so. But it's a long game as well, so. If you want to make time for it, you know, get get uh, ready. Yeah, because... that's the thing. It's like, oh, I don't have time to finish it. I still haven't finished Three Houses, honestly. Like, because I, every time I play, I'm like, I want to, I want at least like two hours to play this game. And so it's been hard for me to like finish the game, actually finish. And uh, also like, I'll redo battles if I didn't do them perfectly. So it's taking me so long to make my way through. But um, yeah. Oh. oh well, oh well. <laughs> that that's a, I think that's a downside of of the whole situation we're in right now, where it's like you know you kind of you're you're you have a lot of work to to do, but at the same time you just don't have free time to do stuff that you want to do. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Like at the beginning of this pandemic, I was like, oh well, you know things will slow down and I'll have time to you know at least do you know play some video games or like read some more books. And uh, things didn't really slow down for voiceover because we figured it out. Like, we have been able to work from home, luckily, miraculously. Um, So I've been really lucky that I can continue to work. Um, But, yeah, it means that I I still don't have a ton of free time to to play video games. That's okay. You can can just see people playing it on Twitter or going on. You can just, like, put on a Twitch stream in the background and just watch that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can't do that though. Like I, I, I can't like watching other people play video games just makes me want to play it. So like, I don't get satisfaction out of that. Like the way some people do, you know, if they're, they're like, Oh, I can't get this game. So I'll just watch this person play it. No, I'm like, no, I want to play it. And d- does it feel weird playing a, a game that you're in? Like, do you get like weirded out hearing your own voice? And, and... Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Every time I hear myself in something, I get like, my palms will start sweating because I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's my, it's me. It's weird. Um, the more, the more I hear it, like the less it happens. Like initially in, in Fire Emblem, I was like, oh, it's me. It's weird. But then as I played the game, I'm like, okay, I'm, it's all right. It's fine. But uh, I don't think I'll ever get used to it overall. Like it's always going to be something where just my heart starts beating fast and my palms start sweating because because it's me and anxiety whoa yeah a lot of voice actors i've talked to don't even watch their own stuff because they're like i can't i can't stand listening to myself so i just like yeah 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 (laughs) 
or like I hate to be that person who like I'll hear my performance and then I'll be like ooh I should have done this you know I don't want to do that so it's hard for me not to pick myself apart and beat myself up I'm really good at doing that so I try to avoid listening to myself if I can but but I did really want to play Fire Emblem so it's, it's, so here I am it's a good game you know even if even if you know I mean honestly like what what I tell myself when it comes to stuff that you know reading back like some stuff that I've written old scripts I've written I'm like yeah this is yeah I could have done this better but at the same time I, I kind of thought to myself you know what what's done is done and you can't really you know you can you can get get weirded out by it but at the same time it's like yeah you know you learn you, you learn from it it's a learning experience and you know looking back at, at what I've done before in the past helps me you know look at my strengths and weaknesses and say hey okay this is what this is um this is what I should do in this case this is what I shouldn't do blah 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 same thing with podcasting mm-hmm. like I listened to some of the old recordings and man it, it was awful <laughs> it was awful oh. <laughs> but uh, uh but I mean you learn yeah it's, we get better it's it's a learning experience is my point right. is like and and I'm kind of sure. and you know I'm pretty sure you've noticed by now but I'm kind of super socially awkward so <laughs> bear with me <laughs> we all are really when it comes down to it and I'm like, oh, I, I, uh, 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 I don't know. It's only going to get worse because we're all like isolated now. So we're only just going to get more and more awkward from here. It's it's fun. <laughs> it's it's really weird because I talk to a lot of people, like big name voice actors. I mean, I've t- I, for God's sakes, I've had Roger Craig Smith on the show, for God's sakes. And that was a, that was a surreal moment, uh, I should say. Like listening back to that episode, it still feels surreal. Like, oh, yeah, I, I've talked to Roger Craig Smith. I've had him on. He's a great guy. <laughs> You know, it's just, mm-hmm. my God, you know, you're talking about imposter syndrome. I get imposter syndrome. Like every episode I do, I get imposter syndrome because I'm like, really? You want to do this show? Have you listened to it? It's terrible. <laughs> hey, why not? <laughs> why not just chat for an afternoon? <laughs> no, but but I mean, I, I get you. Like, I, I, I really understand, like, you know, feeling imposter syndrome, especially, like, when you're surrounded by people who are, like, really talented and, and you're like, oh, will I ever be that good? But I honestly tell myself, like, hey, you know, you must be doing – like, I must be doing something right if I got so-and-so to come on here. Like, I must be doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of voice actors that I know have the same feelings of – it's just, like – I don't know. It's it's something that like we're all working very hard to do. And so it's not completely unexpected. You know, if you think about it, you're like, oh, I've been working at this for years, you know, and, and I have a background in acting and I continue to study and I continue to work on this. And like, it's not unheard of that you would you would book a role. So like, I don't know what the the deep sense of imposter syndrome stems from and why it's so like widespread throughout voiceover actors. I don't know. It might be just like, I don't know. I can't, I can't really pinpoint it. I honestly think it's just human nature. Like we, we as human beings, like, you know, like when we're given like a huge opportunity, we always second, uh, we always have those self doubts and we always think, oh, you know, we shouldn't be where we are. But you know, the way I look at it, you are where you need to be at, at, you know, at whatever time. I mean, the universe doesn't make sense. But that's the beauty of it. It doesn't make sense. And, you know, you can either go around, go along for the ride or you can just, like, question everything, every aching moment and never get anything done. <laughs> yeah. I also think that maybe because, like you said, it is human nature. And then maybe just because voice actors are put in that situation so often just by the nature of the business. Like, that is the nature of the business is, like, you audition, you book a job or you don't book a job and so because we're put in that situation so often I feel like maybe that's why we feel imposter syndrome so often I don't know but yeah you live you learn you hopefully improve and it's especially jarring when you know you have people like Disney or Nickelodeon coming in saying hey we need this thing done why, why aren't you getting it done <laughs> We we want yeah. you for this thing, and it's like, really, you want me? Why why me? Why why don't you hire someone else? Because you're there. yeah, it's <laughs> just exciting. <laughs> I um one of the things 
that I've been working on that you mentioned is uh, Casa Grandes. Is I, I play Becky, and that was like that was an audition that I thought I was thrilled to book that character, but I thought it was for one episode, <laughs> and they have brought Becky back a few times now, and like every time I'm just like, oh, oh, okay, like really, you want me to come back? It's always like exciting and and um, humbling to to know that they want you to come back for you know for that character so no i i really loved her in the christmas special she she stole the show in that in the christmas special they really really put over the fact that bet you do not fuck with becky that is the moral of the story (laughs) (laughs) one of the loudest characters i've ever voiced (laughs) probably the loudest actually (laughs) especially like recording from home um I think I recorded that one from home and I just had to turn my game down so far, like almost all the way because she's so loud, just screaming the whole show. Oh, the audio engineer who had to edit that must have had a field day listening to that. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't imagine. No, because yeah. cause she, she went from, because like her first appearance is like, you know, she's this crazy, crazy uh, chick who just beats up people for fun. And it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, the first episode was the Lucha Club. And yeah. So, yeah, I just like got real aggressive with it. And like that, that just carried through to like subsequent episodes where, yeah, that's just who Becky is. It's like, she's just real aggressive. So... No, it's I, fun. no, it's I love really... that. I love that. I love that episode because I'm like a, I'm a pro wrestling fan, and um, you know they go into it thinking, "Oh, this will be easy. It's it's easy." And and Becky's like, "Nope, it's a shoot, brother." <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's uh, I, I love Becky. I'm glad they brought her back because I'm like, yeah, you know, she's she's a fun character, and it's kind of it's kind of interesting to have like not an an antagonist, not in a villain sort of way, but like a foil to to the main characters and i kind of mm-hmm. really liked her in the christmas special she was just so much fun even if she was like a, a you know even if the conflict with yeah. her was kind of eh but it was a lot of fun i loved her and i'm glad that they're expanding upon her character by introducing her brother and you know it's a lot of fun <laughs> yeah i hope we see more of her i want more becky now <laughs> me too you hear that nickelodeon no i'm just kidding <laughs> But no, I mean, that's that's another, you know, really big show. And, you know, I've had people who have worked on that, on, you know, Loud House and Casa Grandes. And, you know, it just like blows my mind, like, uh, like how big those two shows are. And just like being a part of that is it must be must be a lot of fun because it's like it's Nickelodeon, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it is. And I oh, man, I miss going into the studio because one of the best parts of of this job is like seeing people and and working with those people that you know and love and uh it's not the same recording from home it's you know it's still fun of course but it's not it's not the same you don't get to run into people in the waiting room you know it's it's definitely different so i hope i hope we get a handle on covid soon so that we can return to some sort of normalcy and i don't have to be an audio engineer anymore because lord knows i'm bad at it Oh, I lo- I love the joke about you know voice actors being terrible when it comes to gain because <laughs> they're just they're all terrible of, at gain. It's all the sound engineers that that carry all those shows because they're the ones that know everything about gain and leveling. <laughs> yeah, well, we've had to learn a lot over this past year. Let me tell you. You know, soundproofing, gain, making sure like your your uh, microphone is like studio quality. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah. Well, I was saying like earlier in this podcast where I was, I used to record my auditions from my closet in in the front of my house. Um, that did not cut the mustard when it came to recording professional quality stuff. So now I have a booth set up in my garage where I record everything, and uh, that's what it took. You know. That's what it took to to be able to keep working and uh, and then like learning, like you said, getting a pro quality mic, learning the ropes with with editing and, and engineering. And and I still barely know anything. And, and, you know, it's it's been hard. I miss engineers and they still work remotely. Like we we engineer to a certain extent, but we're always working with an engineer on the other end. And thank goodness for engineers. <laughs> we would all be sunk. 
Yeah, because like I, I, I would imagine like most of the stuff you've recorded like you know in the past year was all done from home, right? Because you know COVID and whatnot, and I couldn't. And I couldn't even tell the difference that it was recorded from home because engineers, man, they make that mm-hmm, shit sound mm-hmm. amazing. <laughs> it is truly amazing. It blows my mind because I know like right now I have a booth in my garage, but I know that's not the case for everybody. People are recording in closets, you know, all kind, whatever works. Engineers have like helped people get their setups to a point where it works for them. And like, yeah, it's amazing to think that someone can can just record in their closet and and then it goes to air it's, it's pretty it's pretty great no i i love um i love Re- uh, lance reddick posting a video of him in his closet recording voiceover lines <laughs> it's just like holy crap man <laughs> yeah whatever works whatever works like luckily i had the space for for a booth out here because my closet was it sounded bad even though i put like i padded the whole room I tried, you know, it was not great. You can still hear the ba- some some hint of background noise, and it's like ah, unusable. Do it again. <laughs> yeah, well, every time a car went by, like that was it. I had to wait for for a car. <laughs> like this can't. This is not sustainable. So, did, did you ever have someone come in, you know, pass by your garage and hear they hear you screaming <laughs> and wonder what the hell's going on? I don't think they can through through the booth and the walls of the garage. Like I don't think people can hear me because if if they did, oh man, they would be extremely concerned. The stuff that I've had to record over the past year from my home, and it's like usually video games like are the worst because there's a lot of like efforts, death efforts, or wounding, you know murderous cries etc so thank goodness they can't hear what goes on in here <laughs> they'll be wondering like uh, is she okay um mm-hmm. should i call yeah. the police <laughs> yeah I've, I've heard stories of actors like recording sessions or auditions and their neighbors will knock on the door because they're concerned because <laughs> it sounds bad which is good but you know I mean that's kind of the point, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You're you're doing that's dying you know sounds. That's a great audition. <laughs> somebody thinks you're actually dying. Uh, but that's that's the life of voice actor, and of course, the enemy of all voice actors everywhere, the leaf blower. <laughs> yeah, I'm my my booth is pretty good within a certain range, but if they if it's like right next door, then it still cuts through the leaf blowers. Curse them. Curse them all to hell. <laughs> no, but um, you know, speaking of being, you know, in quarantine, like what have you um what have you been doing other than voiceover to keep yourself sane? Um uh, what have I been doing? I have been taking a million classes like I usually do. Um I took a pilot writing class this past year and I've been working on a pitch packet for a show so we'll see if anything ever comes of that probably not but it's been fun um I've also been taking uh acting classes just to keep up my skills because it's easy to feel extremely isolated in this kind of environment and um as an actor a lot of what you do is going off of another actor or hopefully doing so um and so to kind of keep up those skills I've been doing some online acting classes to to keep from getting super rusty. So that's been good. I've been reading a lot, um, playing some video games, and uh, screaming into the void along with everyone else. <laughs> Checking social media, seeing that everything's gone to shit. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you know what? We've only had one insurrection so far this year, so that's pretty good, right? Like Just... one attempt to usurp the cap- capitals. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> oh no, wait, that's terrible, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just like I said, you know, when I emailed you, like you know, the the past two weeks have been real crazy, and I've had to move a, a lot of people around because I had originally had like a big name voice actor voice actors to be the first guest for 2021 but uh mm-hmm. unfortunately we had planned to record on the 7th and uh yeah <laughs> you can guess how uh 
how that went. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> like you Not had a lot of things getting done that day. Yeah, you had like the insurrection on the sixth, and then you had like someone passing away on the seventh, and it's just it would have been in poor taste. And I just said I emailed a representative and I said, you know, can we push this back? you know, sometime later, and then we're like, okay, let's push it back to next week. Next week came, and the world still got shittier, and then I, and then yeah. it's like, yeah, can we push it back to the week after that? So it's now in the void. I don't even know if this person's ever yeah. gonna, gonna come, but... Uh... I figure, like, <laughs> we don't know if things are gonna get better, so might as well just do it. <laughs> and, and I'm... And just I'm... kidding. I'm, I'm hopeful that things will get better, but... <laughs> But you never know what's coming, so. No, I, I said this before in like a previous recording where I'm at that point right now where nothing surprises me anymore. I'm I'm at that point where I'm like, okay, show me, uh, you know, give me some more. Like, show me what else you got because uh, nothing phases me anymore. Oh, dinosaurs uh, have come back to life and are starting to uh, start killing everyone? Nah, you know, it doesn't, mm. no, nothing shocks me anymore. It's just like we, we're at that point where honestly I believe like nothing shocks me anymore. And I'm at that point yeah. where I'm like, okay, just reach out to anybody and hope that anybody you know, it comes to do this because I need to keep That's my a, yeah. my sanity. That's a scary point to get to, though, where it's like nothing is shocking. I'm like, no, we can't like normalize this. We can't like let this be normal because this isn't the world I want to live in. So I'm hoping that I'm hoping that like certain things that I don't know, a lot of things are beyond our control obviously um but i'm hoping that especially politically america we we don't give up on our situation uh you know don't let don't let those those horrible things be normal like an attempt to overthrow the government don't be okay with that just uh stay feisty wasn't well, even attempting to overthrow the government. It's just trying to make sure that the current guy stays in power. And it's just like, oh, that's pretty fucked up. <laughs> that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. yeah, pretty scary stuff. It wasn't even the idea yeah. of, oh, we we want to overthrow the government. It's we want to keep this crazy fucker in power forever. So <laughs> it's just, oh, my God. Yeah, but there were also like talks of i mean overthrow the government in the sense that they were they were heading to the senate floor to try to stop the vote you know what i mean like throwing a wrench in the works overthrowing the government and like yeah to keep to keep uh certain people in power um and to do whatever it takes to do that it's it's a terrifying thought and uh we'll see what happens in the next few weeks because, oh boy <laughs> uh, yeah we're not through the thick of it yet but anyway <laughs> i mean all, all i gotta say is please 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 stay safe wherever you are please stay safe don't do anything crazy i'm, I'm staying put <laughs> um hoping for the best i'm kind of like you know a part of me just wants to go okay guys can you please not set anything on fire until i got so and so on the podcast then you can like after i'm done with this person after that you can you can do whatever no, you no, want no. no don't ever set anything on fire please don't set things on fire just no fires please <laughs> fire Before fire or after the podcast <laughs> No, because I'm like, you know, it, it's even jarring because I'm, I, I've am i been in touch, like I've been, been contacting this really big name actress since like Ju June of last year. And I was told September and then it got pushed back to December and then January. And now it's like, oh, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> and I'm just like, a part of me wants to quit. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, persistence is key. If something really means that much to you never give up on it like fight till the end well obviously not not anything stupid but like anything that uh that uh doesn't put anyone else's life in danger so yeah maybe <laughs> wait till things settle down a bit and, yeah uh, put out some feelers again but... <laughs> but uh no i mean things are crazy right now but i Thank everyone who takes the time off to come on here and to talk about voiceover or whatever shit for an hour or two, and uh, it keeps me sane. I, I really, I really mean that. It really keeps me sane because uh, I'm at that point where I am living in a world I do not, I no longer understand. 
Mm-hmm. We all are. <laughs> we all are. <laughs> yeah. Part of me wishes to go back to being a kid again, where I'm like, ah, oh, I wish I was a naive kid again, being unaware of all the horrible shit that's going on in the world. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. But at the same time, as an adult, I feel like I I have a responsibility and I have more more of an ability to have a say in how things go and to fight for things to go better <laughs> you know as a kid I I feel like I was oblivious or if I was aware I was powerless and now I feel a little bit more empowered to to try to ripple some change in this world but yeah, I mean good luck with know. that yeah <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Remember to vote, kids. <laughs> I'm I'm just glad, like you know, people, you know, um, like there was a much better voter voter turnout to the, you know last year than there was in 2016. So well, yeah, that's you know. what I was talking about, like, stuff like that, where it's like, yeah, you can make a difference, and you know, those votes they add up. So show up, do your part. Get her done. <laughs> Get her done. <laughs> Get her done. But yeah, it's hard to stay motivated in the current environment. I know, like, it's overwhelming. I hope everyone's staying as sane and, you know, calm as possible. Yeah, and, I, and I'm glad, like, no one has uh, become the Joker already. So that, that's good. That is good. <laughs> that we know of. <laughs> uh, remains to be seen remains to be seen um yeah um this has been a weird conversation but it's been very very <laughs> therapeutic i i love how we start out hey. i love how we start out talking about voiceover and then it always devolves into me talking about like every how everything sucks and how yeah it's hard you... not to it's hard not to <laughs> but but no i mean I'm glad that you're keeping busy and I'm kind of glad to see your career. Like one of my favorite things, you know, one of the things I love is seeing people who, who I've never heard of climb up the ranks and, you know, get more work. And I'm like, oh, I know that person. And, you know, just seeing people chase their dreams is, uh, is very heartwarming for me because it's like, I need, uh, all the, all the heartwarming stuff right, all, uh, right now. Cause, uh, because <laughs> everything sucks but uh yeah we'll take anything we can get <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i need heartwarming stories i need entertainment i need like all that all that shit <laughs> anything anything feel good please Ah, <laughs> oh, god what was what was the last thing that made you feel good like just wondering like the last thing that you felt you know was uh was very heartwarming um my stuffed larvitar collection <laughs> that makes me feel good the other day like <laughs> it's so stupid <laughs> i don't know if you're familiar with pokemon larvitar is my favorite pokemon and i have a collection and i have them all set up on a shelf in the spare room and i went in there the other day and i just immediately smiled because they're so freaking adorable that's all it takes <laughs> just larvitar <laughs> Just Lavatar. None of the other Pokemon count. They're all trash compared to. It's true. He's the only one. I didn't even know they made that much merch for him, to be quite honest. It seems like they're making more these days. I don't know, but I'm not complaining. Uh, pretty sure my at, wallet is. Um, <laughs> pretty sure you're you're trying. You're sending letters to them saying, you know, please make more Lavatar merch. <laughs> Yes, please. Pokemon, <laughs> if you're listening to this, Nintendo, please, please make more Pokemon merch, specifically Larvitar. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all that voiceover money that you that you that you've done, it's all to, it's all to buy Larvitar merch. That's the end goal. That exactly. is the <laughs> exactly. Otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, I mean, I say this, but I'm I'm someone who collects Transformers for God's sake. So you know, everyone has their has their there thing. You <laughs> there you go. It's like it it might seem silly to to the passerby, but I get it. Look, I mean, we all have our weird hobbies, and and the normies might not get it, but we do. <laughs> yep. All you have to do is look at Larvitar's face, and you'll get it. <laughs> you'll understand. Yeah, I remember as a kid, I I had like a lot of um. A lot of the Pokemon plushies that that came with um, 
not not the plushies the the ones that came with the happy meal toys i think it was burger king had like a deal with um that that, that they had um I think it was Mewtwo, Snorlax, Squirtle, and Pikachu, if I remember correctly. And I and I was like constantly <laughs> trying to get all of them because I was huge into Pokemon because it was the late '90s and Pokemon mm-hmm. was was this worldwide phenomenon <laughs> and everyone was like, "You gotta buy all the Pokemon merch you can find because <laughs> it's like we need it, we need this." <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Yeah, now it's even bigger, which is crazy to think. It's the biggest franchise in the world, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Pretty nuts. <laughs> Pro- is it? Probably, huh? I mean, I, yeah. I can't imagine anything being bigger than Pokemon. It's, it's impossible because everyone knows what Pokemon is. Even if you've never seen the anime, never played any of the video games, you know what Pokemon is. You know what Pikachu is. So it's, it's pretty much... It, it's the thing that brought pretty much made um, made uh, anime a worldwide phenomenon in general because mm-hmm. before that it was a huge contributor <laughs> yeah because yeah. before that what did we have Dragon Ball Z yeah you know Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon were big but they weren't like insanely popular worldwide but Pokemon is and still you know is and was to to this day because man the Pokemon craze it's just uh it was amazing. Something else. Something else. <laughs> uh, and, and it was just one of those periods in time that I was kind of, I'm kind of happy I lived through because no other franchise will ever be as popular as that. Nothing. Nothing will be as popular as that. <laughs> you, say, you say that now. <laughs> you never know what, what the next thing is going to be. Uh, Buck Snacks is the next big franchise. <laughs> Man, I'm still waiting for that Ribblepede plushie. I want that so bad. Someone make make uh, I I really love the the designs of the villagers because I love the Muppets and they let, remind me of Muppets and I'm like yeah, yes, yeah, very Muppet-like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the Grumpuses. Yeah, they remind me of um Mr. Robinson from Amazing World of Gumball because he had the same design. Uh, <laughs> yeah, similar. Uh, that's a fun game. I need to go back playing that again because it's a. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Anywho, I think we've. Uh, Anywho, <laughs> I think we've talked long enough, and people are probably like, "People are like, why are you rambling about Pokemon?" <laughs> well, it was great talking to you today. Thanks for having me on. No, this is a lot of fun. We should we should do this more often, you know, because uh, Lord knows we need interesting conversations. <laughs> Indeed, indeed. Um, before we Stay go, uh, yep. And go before ahead. we go, can you plug in your social media and what? And can you give us an update on what you're currently working on? Um, my social media is at Abby Trot on both Instagram and Twitter and Twitch. Um, and what I'm currently working on are a bunch of video games that I can't talk about. So, <laughs> uh, but I can talk about Kuroko's Basketball season one just dropped on Netflix. So if you like. Sports anime, that's the one for you. Go check it out. I play Rico. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and check out Carmen Sandiego on, on Netflix. Uh, yeah, and... Carmen Sandiego season four, final season. Watch it. And watch the whole show if you haven't seen it yet, because it's good stuff. And uh, check out Casa Grande's on, um, on Nickelodeon. And uh, I don't know what, what channel Demon Slayer airs on, but go watch that. So, you know. I think it's on Crunchyroll currently. I think so. I don't know. But uh, yeah, go check that out. And uh, thanks so much for taking the time off to do this. Hopefully, get hopefully we'll uh, get you back on sometime later, and we'll talk more about Pokemon and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Stay safe and be well. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.